it's just bad time. What? Coming with the sound effects. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Dungeons and Degrees. My name's Adrian. And I'm Alex. And today we have a special guest. Special guest, introduce yourself. My name's Jeff. Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, David, hey, what's going on, David Puga? Welcome back, David. We missed yes. you. Yeah, welcome back. It's been back. a few years, right? Returning guest. It's been so long. <laughs> it's been 16 years. <laughs> it's been 82 years. <laughs> um... <laughs> And we're going to talk about his brand new experience with D&D. I also want to hear about how, you know, music, his main thing he came on last time about how that's progressed since. And his art installation, Dust City 20XX. So I'm excited to hear about that. I know Alex was about to, like, jump into it before we started. So I just, well, here we are. Alex, with the same enthusiasm, go ahead and ask. I'm just excited. Like, how how did that... So, okay. So, I guess give the listeners a rundown of mm-hmm. what <laughs> Dust City 20XX, right? Dust City? I know. Yeah. Dust City 20XX. Yeah. Uh, I guess... So, we have an awesome artist here named Sam Gaithan, who's doing a bunch of awesome, cool... Are we allowed to cuss her now? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking cuss. Uh, fucking awesome artist. Like, that's that's the word you use. Um, and she's been in charge of, like, really revitalizing a lot of the art community here in town. Especially post-pandemic, mm-hmm. I guess. Technically, it's what the, everybody says now. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> yeah. I hate but, it. But, yeah, it, and one of the things she wanted to do was <laughs> get a whole bunch of people together for a collaboration thing. Because, uh, you know, I guess... She hadn't been able to go to Meow Wolf in a while, and she's like, well, screw it. We're just going to make one here. Yeah, and Sam's, uh, like, super yeah. obsessed with Meow Wolf. Yeah, so, yeah, and I was, like, I was one of the artists that's like, okay, I've never been there, but I'm down. Let's try it. Uh, so me and her, on our little thing, because there's, like, four different artists, we decided to do a cyberpunk synthwave thing. Uh, and then our buddy Ray Ramos, who's also a fucking artist, uh, like, fucking awesome artist, Bill Stuff, as in a electrician, he's great at all that yeah. kind of uh, hands-on stuff. Ray has a super cool sound wave. Or like when I first met Ray, it was when he was in a sound wave costume cosplay. So cool. Yeah, he's he's great at that kind of stuff, and he's excited for more things in the future, hopefully. But yeah, we ended up bringing him in and making him a full partner, and then I just. So when it was going to be me and Sam, we don't know how to build shit, like, that big. Like, the stuff, like, the cyberpunk thing that we did. We wouldn't have been able to do any of that stuff without Ray. (laughs) Uh, So when Ray came in, I got a little bit more excited and, like, made it bigger, the idea. And it was like, hey, Ray, you can do this, right? And Ray was like, yeah, I can do it. Uh, So we ended up, like, building this whole room in the future of uh, South Plains, I guess. Like, cyberpunk's never really touched down here. Usually we're all, like, Texas is, is gone or, you know... It's in Fallout, we're just, we're just nuclearized, you're just blown up. <laughs> uh, so, we, they yeah. never talk about really anything that happens down here. We don't exist in cyberpunk most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, I wanted to do something like that. And then, when we started doing the story, uh, the story kind of informed what we were going to do with the ex- exhibition, which was build a little room in that future, a uh, little activist who lives there. And we kind of built a whole entire apartment complex thing. Not really the complex, but the little room in a warehouse, or the little hallway, and it was pretty cool. Like I, I think most people who went in there enjoyed it. Uh, I hope. I don't know. It was pretty fun, and yeah, I can get more into the world building and stuff like that if y'all want to talk about that. But that's pretty much it in a nutshell. We built this cool shit that people enjoyed, hopefully. Yeah, I really like <laughs> the immersive art exhibits that have been going around. I just think it's a, a really neat way to show different aspects of art. And that like multimedia kind of way. But yes, can we hear about the story behind it? Uh, yeah. So the last few years I've been doing activism, which is tiring, a lot of it. And uh, so this was kind of cathartic for me. I was able to use a lot of the stuff that's just been making me depressed and turn it into some kind of art, <laughs> you know? And hopefully the people who read the story get some catharsis out of that too. It's the kind of thing that sci-fi 
or fantasy anything, you can use real world social commentary and make it work in a way that tells a story that's enjoyable, but you also are like, hey, this, you know, doesn't have to get to this place. But the story was climate change has gotten really bad. Uh, started hitting the South Plains and all the little counties around. I mean, think Mad Max, those big, you know, sand tornadoes and stuff like that is everywhere. Destroyed a bunch of towns. So much like we humans are, want to do, nobody moves out of dangerous places. We just kind of stay put. <laughs> we just stay where we're at. So in an effort to to make that work, whatever government is around just kind of condenses all of them into one mega city here in Lubbock since we're the biggest one here and it becomes known as Nuevo Llano which I think is way better than Lubbock but I don't know <laughs> I like it yeah it's cool and then the cyberpunk part is like people would never call it that they just call it Dust City and uh, the story is pretty hardcore but also like there's no the Texas greater Texas Commonwealth is what everything's t- uh, called at that point <laughs> uh, there aren't any like the Rangers have taken over, but they are thin. They, they can't really be everywhere, so they just hire like military contractors to be, you know, cops everywhere. Uh, water is a premium because you know there's not a lot of it, or maybe there is, and they're just hoarding it. Who knows? Uh, and yeah, it's just uh, it, the art we made for the outside. We made a little window. Is like it looks like Mars, which is what you know. Why not go crazy with that kind of stuff? I mean, if you've seen a haboob in Lubbock, yeah, it gets everything gets orange real fast. Yeah, and just <laughs> you know, just drop the shade a little bit more. You just red, hell yeah, you got it. That's, that's <laughs> the city. And yeah, it's uh, just like a cool little thing, especially with a lot of the I don't know how political we want to get, but with the the bodily autonomy and privacy laws, we kind of made a little part of the story where we took that to the nth degree, and like if you're arrested by the cops or whatever there. People disappear, but there's rumors that if you're like rich enough, you can eat real meat because real meat doesn't really exist at that point anymore. It's it's cool, it's cathartic. It's also, I hope we never get to this point or anywhere near. But yeah, it's yeah. that kind of it's kind of that that kind of sci-fi story, if you will. I mean, when when it comes to the future, there's very few timelines of like, and we're a peaceful place. It's like, nah, we're war ravaged nature's fucked us back you know something as bad has happened yeah i mean even star trek right which is like this right. peaceful there's a whole section there that's like hey this got shit got real for a while mm-hmm. yeah mega corpse and then like the empire i mean any future thing that has like a giant factions it's like we're dying out here and we're fighting the big oh, big scary gov or like corporate monster which is like something that's happening now, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I always tell everybody we're in a cyberpunk dystopia. It's just not as cool as it is in the movies. <laughs> we're at the early stages of it. Uh, right. I mean, right. I walk around with, you know, this is Minority Report stuff right here. I'm cool with it, though. I get to, <laughs> I get to shop where I want on the toilet. It's fun. <laughs> For reference, he held up his phone. <laughs> I'm sure. I hope when I, when I said that everybody just had a, a vision of their phone, like, yeah, I know what he's talking about. Crap. <laughs> it's yeah, just, it's just ubiquitous in that way, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, I get all the time people are just talking about, like, look, I didn't, I haven't searched up dog toys, but we were talking about it, and it came up on my ads, and I'm like, I'm telling you, the phone's listening. Yeah, I mean, once they get that uh, that fake voice stuff they start saying like hey you oh, the ai stuff yeah i've, I've used one of those to make a podcast a little tiny one and it almost sounded seamless and i was like crap <laughs> yeah yeah editing power is becoming too powerful i've I've seen that they've done it with uh who do i see hassan uh piker who streams on twitch now i saw them do or make a like the voice still sounds robotic, but it's still, it's it's going to reach that point where it becomes Uncanny Valley, where it's like, it's almost human, but it's not quite there. It's it's reaching that point of, like, AI technology, which is just bonkers. It is, like, the one I used wasn't, it, it, <laughs> so it was seamless. It was 100%, other than, like, a couple of little syllables that just were just mm-hmm. right, a little bit off. Like, people are like, this... This voice is pleasant. I'm like, yeah, it is, right? It's cool. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. my gosh. 
Michael and I had that conversation this week because we were rewatching the last episode of Boba Fett. Mm. Or not the last episode, one of the last, the one where the Mandalorian crossover, right? So you go and yeah. see Luke Skywalker, but like young Luke Skywalker, which then sparked up a conversation of like, how long do you have somebody's likeness? Like, how long does somebody have hold of that, right? Um, which I think extends into the like, you've got somebody's voice. And you can make them say anything. So, like, where is the line? And are we going to be paying people like that? Are you going, if you use my voice, are you paying? Or are you uh, just using it without my consent? And then where is that bodily autonomy consent? Like, right? That, like, extends further yeah. into our day-to-day that I don't think we're even having that conversation yet. Because it's very easy to be ma- not manipulated, but manipulated into the like early conversations I like obviously that's an issue with bodily autonomy but we're now in a technologically advanced section of our history where it's not just whether or not somebody can get health care if they need it so going back to the the Hollywood version of I just read an interview with Jet Li where he turned down uh, playing Seraph in the Matrix sequels because he would have had to be in a motion capture suit for like months letting them take all everything that he said he spent years his whole life perfecting he's like and I didn't want an American company to have the copyright on my moves and then to see, he read that into now what you're saying I'm like yeah that's that's a direct line there right yeah yeah we're getting like I think like the first thing we're kind of, I mean not, probably not the first thing but like you know, you see those robots that have like that AI response, but also like deep fakes where like they can plaster anybody's face onto anything and soon the AI voice. It's like, and then we're just going to have like this whole like, what's it called that, that last, not the last Spider-Man, the one before that where he has Mysterio kind of like fakes yeah, a uh, Spider-Man scene mm-hmm. one of where the he says, I did it. Far from yeah. home. Far from there we go. Yeah. And where I mean we give up all that information willingly, right? Really? I'm I'm yeah. gonna put the tinfoil hat on right now. <laughs> People have hours Wait, did, of Oh, you didn't have it no, on. I, I took it off for a second and then I'm I'm gonna actually just officially put it on. <laughs> but people put hours and hours of content on social media, right? Meta now owns Facebook and Instagram. So I know I've got a shit ton of content on both of those in my entire life on Facebook because I started when I was 17 and now I am 32. Like that's half of my life actively documented. And then we move over to TikTok and it's not like people are really getting paid for TikTok for most of the content. There are a select number of people, of users who are getting paid air quotes but most people who are on there are just like putting their stuff up and then we can start deep faking everything oh man the future <laughs> full of robots that have been programmed with dance moves that's, <laughs> that's terrifying you were like no, bicentennial when man when us. we were children was like that was really the the struggle we had like do ais have a soul Nobody talks about that movie enough. <laughs> I think there's like a, a seminal movie. Wait, what movie? Bicentennial Man. <laughs> I know. Oh. Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Adrian. The old people are talking now. Back in my day, <laughs> we watched a movie with Robin Williams. You remember him? He was a comedian. Oh no, I do know. He went nanu nanu. <laughs> and even that was before my time, but. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, oh, Man, D&D podcast we, talking about future stuff. I love it. We're, we're living in a dystopia. Okay, anyways, D&D. Let's, how do we escape it, D&D? Uh, <laughs> let's get out of it. I mean, we go into a future uh, role-playing game that's uh, Cyberpunk. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of an inspiration for the name at the very least. For Dust City. And mm-hmm. then I'd use the Mega Man was, because Capcom never really liked using a, a date because it, you know. We've, we're already past most of the movies that happened in the future. Yeah. When we were, uh, so 20XX is just a nice little, like, hey, whenever. A little placeholder. 
whenever it happens, it's going to happen, you know? Yeah, people in, in the year 3000 are going to be, what, are you, what is he talking about? That happened already. Have you been to the year 3000? <laughs> I feel like I this had a is dream like one a... time. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I saw your great, great, great grandfather. It's fine. He's doing fine, by the way. Your great, great grandfather. That's why everybody's going to talk in the future, I think. Adrian, it's a it's a Jonas Brothers song. Oh, I've never. Oh, I that's why I have Jonas no idea Brothers. what you're talking so, about. So yeah, the only the only person going down that that rabbit hole was me. Hey, you remember when the Jonas's went on tour? I don't. I I can't go any further with that. You remember when he was dating one of the other people that was a singer? That was fun. <laughs> wow. Topical. But yeah. So David, you've played Dungeons and Dragons now. <laughs> Tell us about it. Yeah, I've uh, only like um, two months into it, I guess. Oh, baby, uh, baby. So still... Okay, two months, but how many, like only... how many episodes, how many um, times have y'all played? Maybe five? Okay. Maybe. Uh, I had to miss one of them because we were making, we were building the Dust City. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's interesting. I like it. I kind of like it. <laughs> kind of I'm like getting it. there. Yeah, I'm still getting the feel of it. Like I, uh, So one of the things... Because I remember before this started, we were talking about how y'all don't remember what it is to be a newbie mm-hmm. on Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and I guess I got thrown in with people when well, my wife is playing with me also. Mm-hmm. So that's been fun. And uh, I, Sam is part of the game also, Sam Gaithan. She hasn't been able to go to majority of the things we've been doing. <laughs> though, so, uh, but most of the people uh, I'm playing with finding I'm not, out. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I don't know all that well. So it's really hard to lose yourself in a character. Mm-hmm. So you end up kind of playing it more like a tabletop game, like you're playing Monopoly almost. And uh, yeah, so that's been the interesting part, like seeing like, is there going to be a point where all of us just kind of give in? Or is it, you know, or is the first game always like this? I don't know. Y'all tell me. From, from what I remember, it, it's a lot of just running in blind and trying to figure things out as you go. I mean, I think the first time I did D since i was like a kid which i don't remember that i just remember getting killed by rats was in college and we we're just like getting all the rules wrong we were kind of like still figuring things out and it, it was a mess and we had a bunch of restarts for a bit we had no time we had a bunch of time because we were just like freaking freshman college kids just not knowing how to properly school alex i know <laughs> alex knows yep but eventually we got better and better at storytelling, better at, at becoming characters or, and doing cool stuff. And eventually it became something to enjoy. But at first it was a bit of a struggle, to be honest. All right. That makes um, me feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Because it's fun, but there's also that, like, is everybody having fun? <laughs> you know? Right. And I think... There, that, that's a constant question. It, it is an absolute constant question. Like, are we all enjoying this? Is this all in, in fun? And I know especially thinking of doing something like this as like an, I don't want to say old person, but with just, just more life experience, it's hard to detach yourself from sometimes that like self image that we have that's so deeply built in of like, I have this new character. Is it weird that I'm playing somebody else? Is it weird that I'm like doing other things? I know that's something that I still struggle with even playing you know a podcast uh ttrpg like i still struggle i'm like am i playing me or am i playing a character or is whatever negative thing my character doing is that going to be reflected back on me so like just letting a go of those role-playing inhibitions um it's it's still a struggle and i don't think it helps when you (laughs) you're older because you have this like secure footing in who you are yeah, I mean, so, and I think I made him, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I made a mistake, because I have a character that I've been trying to do something with for a while, and I kind of adapted him for the game, and I'm like, am I, was that a bad choice? Because am I, uh, am, am I allowing the story to be whatever, or am I being too particular about my character, you know? Because mm-hmm. I know his story already, you know, so it's, and I think that probably happens to anybody who gets into their character enough, right? I think so too. I mean, and the okay. So my follow up question is: How far of the story? Like, are you thinking full length of the story? Like, is this a character that you have from 
birth to death? Do you know that whole story? Or is this a character that you have all of the background knowledge for, and then you're picking up the story with your campaign? So it's a entirely, I've written his story without details in the middle, but like, I know the ending, I know the beginning, I know the big parts. Yeah. And I was like, I don't really want to think about anything. So I'm just going to take that character, try to adapt him, and, you know, I'll just let him be in this new world. And the new world seems fun. And my character's like fucking just, you know, depressing. <laughs> <laughs> His world is awful. He's a uh, very Kurt Russell-y in that world, but he's still, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, did I make a mistake here? And uh, I mean, he's almost died a couple of times already, so he might not be that long for this game, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been interesting. Cause it's, it's that kind of thing. Like, am I, am I, the thing that goes to me, has it my hindering the story because I feel, I feel too much control and too much ownership of this character, mm. you know? I kind of, I kind of get because I, I'm all like, could I have more fun if I was just another one that I didn't give a shit about? Because I made a second one that sounds fun, and I'm like, I'm in that little thing too. Like, do I just kill off this one and just go to this other guy? <laughs> a lot of my, I, a lot of my characters are are in that position currently. They're just like, Adrian said to prepare secondary characters because we've almost died three times, and this character looks so much more fun. I don't know, should I just kill off? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, because I say my character was like a dour Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. like in like you know, the movies where stuff is serious, but he, he's just irreverent to mm-hmm. it. The other guy I made is just fucking like a Belmont Witcher hybrid guy, who I want to play very open and just wants to have fun while he's alive because he doesn't think he's going to be alive that long. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds fun. God, and he has a whip. It's great. I love it. Heck yeah. I could see where you're trying to keep your character like precious to you and you're just, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say you're doing it wrong because you're not doing it wrong. Like you're still playing the game. You still have your character and you're learning how to take your idea of his story off the rails because it's not necessarily what you think the story should be because it's now a collaborative Mm -hmm. piece. So you, you're, I don't, I'm guessing that the the trust of like your other your GM and your other players like you you're trusting that they're gonna write a good story for him as well, but he's still like near and dear to your to your heart. Um, I get stupidly attached evidently to one shot characters, and I need to stop doing that too. So I'm learning that about myself this week. I mean, I always wonder if that was would have been better a one shot before I jumped into like a campaign. I, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. See, I don't think you have enough time with a one-shot to, like, fully understand the rules in the first place. But I also think that, like, one of your first characters is going to be, like, more oriented to the, like, what your ideal fantasy character is. From, at least from what I've seen so far. Mine's a dour asshole in a world that's going bad. See, that's, (laughs) that's pretty much what, there you go. Dust City. It all, all, you know. And this is the part of the podcast where we start therapizing that. Therapizing. Therapizing. <laughs> so, talking about therapy. Uh, so, the last game I played, and this is a part where I think that coming in with people you're not 100% comfortable mm-hmm. with, I kind of played mm-hmm. into it. It was, I had, my character was going to put everything on the table, right? And all of this backstory to an extent so the other characters knew. And it was that's kind of like, this is where I get you. But I, and I, and in my head, I'm like, this is going to be awesome. I can say it this way, this way. When I got there, I just kind of said it instead. <laughs> and acted out. I was all this stuff like, oh, is that? Dog, that doesn't cut everything that that would have could have been. And I'm like, crap. Like it was in my own. That's the other thing about playing this at my age. I'm, I've got five years on you, Alex. So uh, this Saturday, I have five years Ooh, on you. Happy birthday. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks. But like that, I wonder if that's gotten into my head too. Like I'm just like, oh, am I afraid to? Because usually I'm not afraid to make an ass of myself. But I'm here. I'm like a little bit more in my head, you know, because it's a smaller group. Everybody's looking at you and you're like, oh, <laughs> hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> there's usually like, from my experience of playing with new players, it's like there's going to be this one matchstick that just ignites and then the the bar of like, you know, I don't want to be silly in front of these people I don't know until it's like, you know what? That sounds fun. Let's be ridiculous. Let's just have voices or acting and doing stupid shit. You know, there might be this one thing that got like, connects you all through that experience to become more okay with being having fun in this i guess this play space essentially 
this temple of the mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's For hard. Sure. So, so like anything you would have done in real life, right? I planned out this whole conversation that I was going to have. It was going to be eloquent. I knew what my body was going to do. I knew what my words were going to say. And then you get to that very moment and you're like word vomiting and like not doing everything that you had planned. Right. It's, it's. I do the goofy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing. Like I still verbal vomit sometimes when I'm really nervous as my character, because that's what I do in real life. Like that's you're you're being like a human, I guess, with your character. And I think, I think just building that trust in yourself as a player that, whatever you're going to do is going to be supported by your other players and your GM. Um, and if that happens too many times where you're like, I'm not supported by anybody at this fucking table, you very nicely gather your things and you just leave. Like you don't have to, if you're not feeling supported with your other players, I don't think you have to stay at the table if they're not like there to also support you. I mean, if that's what's at your table, if that's what you want, like absolutely tell your players, the other people around you, um, that's what you're looking for in the play and like I'm feeling a little nervous about all of this and then you know we're just excited all together about what we're doing at this table and you said get up and walk away the social anxiety part of me is like no I can't do that in front of everybody what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> hey guys I just need to use the restroom but don't mind me grabbing my dice just tell my, my bag wife, I'm gonna be outside just go outside go go <laughs> I just need to get my keys. It's it's nothing. It's nothing suspicious. I need to use the restroom. Call wife. Oh, no, an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been nice. So like I said, uh, this one's coming in. Like The thing is everybody's come in with as a couple, like whether you're together or whether it's another friend. So we all have like a person there that we trust mm-hmm. to an extent. And that's helped a little bit, but it's also like, the dynamics is like, are you always just playing off your spouse or your friend? And that's all, the thing in... We're still early on, so I don't know. And that's that's the kind of thing I wonder what's going to happen with that. If, if it, we're all just going to open up, if it's going to be, you know. Yeah, do you all take time after session to just talk candidly? Or is it like, oh, session's done, going to go home, bye, I'm sleepy. Uh, we Cause... do it late at night, so it ends up, like, at the beginning when we're waiting for somebody to arrive, we have a talk, and then we start, mm-hmm. and then at the end it's like, oh, bye, everybody, get on the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't have to stay here, but you, you, yeah. you're going to stay in the front of your lawn, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. And, and it, that's just, as you get older, it's just harder and harder to do, especially this one's in person. So mm-hmm. I kind of I wonder if on Zoom it would have been different, but yeah. Well, I mean, the, we like, we yeah. also have spaces to, like, talk about the, the, the game. And I know that the games that I play, you know, I'm going to say that the games that I play have other players who play podcasts and so there's usually some sort of like after party or um pizza party oh, yeah. yeah there's like an there's like a after the game we all go to the ice cream store and we talk about the game itself so a lot of the people that i play with already naturally have that like open conversation after the game so we don't play all the way until we're all dead we play so there's enough time for like aftercare because I mean, aftercare, regardless of what you're doing, is is important, you know, so everyone can potentially be on the same page um, if they're feeling a little nervous. You guys are all new interacting with each other in a different way, not just like a business way. Like this is like a more intimate space or it can be. I'm not saying it has to be. So it, it may not have to. It yeah. may not have to. Right. It doesn't have to do. That's any a hell of, that. of a game if it gets that, that hard in that intimate. <laughs> It's a little bit too much for me. I'm like, I don't want to cry with y'all. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's the thing that I, I would like more of in general is like that aftercare you're talking about. Where you like get to know someone more. Yeah. yeah. It it takes some time to get used to that because like, one, you're already nervous about the game itself and how you did. And then it's like, okay, I don't know. And then it's like, well, time's up. Bye-bye. It's like, okay, now I don't know if that was a good session or a bad <laughs> session or should I continue doing the same things? So usually, like, I, I ask this, like, every couple sessions, like, hey, is there anything you want to do that I'm not hitting as I'm playing as the, the game master? Um, or, you know, hey, I really liked this when these two interacted. And I usually try to endorse that during gameplay with you know inspiration points and such so like there's ways that i've put it so that i'm like hey that thing you did i like it do it more of that 
Um, (laughs) And any conversation we have is um, very constructive. So I understand what the needs of the players are. And what you were saying about the intimate thing. So that thing goes back to when I was that had that speech I was telling you about when I thought it was going to be real awesome, <laughs> and it just didn't work out. And it's that kind of yeah. It's especially again, I'm putting the quotes up. Post pandemics, that world that we're in, I haven't been around people all that much. <laughs> it, recently, I started doing it. So now it's getting into this new thing, and I'm like, I don't. I'm awkward around people I I know now in, in person. Like I, I, I don't know how to not do that here too. And I'm playing a character who's, you know. There's a guy who's one of the characters uh, who's a paladin elf, and my uh, my character's a cab. So, so that that and I'm all like, I ha- I've recently started doing like my character. <laughs> so yeah. My character says I'm a little a cab, but my character <laughs> is uh, saying this to you now because I'm like I don't want you to think that this is you know real some real dislike between us because i don't know you i don't yeah <laughs> i'm getting to know you and i think that's a good that's a good conversation to have like before the table starts or right after of just checking in with that other player because if there's not a dialogue saying like hey you and i just had this intense interaction and i want you to know that it i was i was coming from my player's point of view and attacking your play your character not you as a person right because it's very easy to see that you 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 got into this argument and you're like, oh my God, like I need to fix what's going on because people to people, I like you and I want to be friends with you. But it's that one step But removal. fuck your character. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Fucking sidebar. I saw a, a post that said that it was a uh, ACAB. And it was like, I originally thought that ACAB, every time I read ACAB, I read a signed cop at birth. And then the, <laughs> the the doctor has a baby and it's like, it's a cop. And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> so now I see ACAB. I'm like, ah, a signed cop at birth. No. <laughs> the other thing, too, I think with having those kind of role play moments is that you have to kind of check in like, hey, I love the drama. I love the story that it builds. Is this something you and I can keep growing or do you think it's too much? And then we have to find another methodology to express our characters uh, wants or needs. That way it doesn't get too heated later. Or even though you might say it's just my character, it's there's still that like sense of like, and I explained this because I've had this issue in my game where people were just calling each other idiots and stupid and like, Oh, it's just my character. I don't think that. And I'm like, people were just still getting riled up and they're just like, I I get it, but it's still kind of affecting me as I play. Like, okay, how am I supposed to play? So I call it splash damage. Even if you're just attacking the character, it's the the player's still there playing it. Like they, they made choices for that character for purposes. And now you're attacking that even though it's indirect, it's still kind of somewhat psychologically affecting them. So like, Hey, if that's not working for you, yeah, we got to call it off. Like, Hey, let's stop that. And we had that conversation and, we are like, okay, we just don't call people names where it feels like it's unwarranted and they don't like that kind of role play. So we don't do that with that character, but we have four other characters we can role play with. So that's fine. Um, just that having that sense. check-in is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know when you start attacking people's like fandom, even though it's not personal, <laughs> because you a lot of people have seen so much of themselves or whatever in there, it starts to mm-hmm. feel personal. You're like, oh. So, yeah, I, I get that. That makes sense. I get yeah, hurt, yeah. too. <laughs> I have feelings. What's that, uh, what's that TikTok? You're going to call me a bitch, put sensitive in front of it. You <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, and I think that it's a conversation that needs to be had before it gets out of hand. And, you know, people on TikTok, there's like the, the, the quote-unquote old guard getting angry about like, the the idea of uh what's called consent sheets and it's like dude it's just telling you what to avoid and they're not gonna like it you know that's that's not the worst thing ever it's like people get mad about being cautious around other people i'm like look this is a game for fun not for like your sick pleasure (laughs) just one person it's a community game it's a you're not getting paid for it you don't have to take (laughs) it Hey, man, fuck you, I'm out, you know? I guess you just couldn't handle it. No, you're just not 
you're, we just, I just don't want to play in your flipping game. I can yeah. curse. What the fuck? <laughs> your fucking game. <laughs> Flip I you. A, I was around a kid earlier today, okay? So I had to, I had to be like, shoot. <laughs> Adrian, as a DM, what would your advice be mm-hmm. for early beginning baby DMs about situations like this? Uh, it's going to be tough, dude. Because you're still trying to make the game fun, but you don't, you're, you're testing, like, how much of a boundary do I have? You have to have that conversation beforehand. Hey, when rules come up, here's how I like to play it. You stand your ground on that point because that's going to be something that the other players look to you in reference of, like, what you can do or what they're allowed to do when these kind of things uh, come up. Not everyone has the rules one-to-one in their head. Okay, there's probably one person, but none of you are those persons. <laughs> So there's going to be some, you know, miscommunication, you know, extrapolation of information is going to be kind of off. Either you're going to say, hey, this is what I'm going to say is going to go right now. We After the game, we can talk on it. Because when you stop and talk about the, the rule in, in hand and then go look up for information, it slows down the game. And then you're just like, it's two two people that are invested in this and four people are like, I could care less about the rules. Or like, you know, I, I want to get to my scene or my part of the game. So I like to say, if you have an issue at the very beginning of your game through rules, make a call. Say, this is, you know, I'm the DM. This is what I'm going to say. We can talk about this later, but I want to keep the game going. And if you have people start arguing because you said that, they, then they're going to have, you know, that person's going to be problematic later on when you make calls that are, in, like, in the, the, the rules. They're like, I've never played it that way, you know? People have to be able to listen and communicate properly in order to play this game successfully. Otherwise, you're just going to have people headbutting and trying to fulfill their power fantasies. And, you know, I, I'm i down with doing some freaking power fantasies together. You can be the level 20 badass you want to be. But right now, we have to, you know, we got to keep going with the show. This is my call. That's it. If you want to DM and you want to play it this way, sure, why not? Go ahead. Have fun. But... You have to stand your ground and be a strong proponent for yourself because you're also playing in this game. Sorry, that was a long-winded answer. This has been turned into a good webinar about team building. I dig it. (laughs) (laughs) How to have effective meetings, everybody. (laughs) And I think the other important thing is, like, doing the work on your own end. So if you find yourself at the table and you see that you're getting riled up about something and like you either can't fix it at the table it's something that you're just like like there's something i'm having a reaction to it right this is like your day-to-day thing too so here's your real life application of this if you find yourself frustrated about something and you can't get over it dig a little deeper and figure out like what is that trigger what is going on that makes you feel like that if i'm getting frustrated at a player doing something what is it about me that I'm seeing? Because most of the time, if you're having an issue with somebody, that's an issue you have in yourself. So go to therapy in order to play D&D. <laughs> so that's why I'm having a problem being a cat yeah. in the game. Okay, cool. <laughs> We're telling you, you should definitely. I'm bringing in all that extra therapy. weight. Like, ah. <laughs> It's nice. To, it's a therapeutic. It can be therapeutic, but it's definitely not professional therapy. <laughs> okay, like you can you can trauma dump, but like if this is really affecting you, we, we might have took this off table. You know, like, that's a good rule of thumb. I like it. We are also not therapy, so if you're having listening to this podcast as a excuse not to go to therapy, please stop. Uh, put the I, podcast I'm not licensed. Down. <laughs> go talk to somebody. I, Nobody's paid me, so I don't want to do that for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that responsibility. I'm I'm half asleep half the time, okay? Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. me, too. It's hard. I mean, it's hard. <laughs> you're you're working with other humans. You're We are all coming out. Not out. We're all in this big pandemic where we didn't really have to talk to people and, like, caring and committed in way, like, committed ways. And you mentioned that you were also doing a lot of um, – work right just as an advocate and like yeah you're actively seeing something that needs to be fixed with passion and frustration because other people are in charge and they refuse to do their jobs correctly or you know remember how 
I don't know, the government works where we have three branches of power. And if one branch gets a little crazy, the other two branches should come in and slap that power down. I don't know. I barely remember American government, but I do remember that being the thing. Like a balance of power is what they use. Like that's a whole unit in government and social studies, right? That's what I was taught. I don't know if in practice it works that way, but yeah. It's fine. But so you're already all, you have that like in you. It's pretty, it's well-practiced is what I want to say. It's well-practiced for you to have like frustration and anger. And so now you're switching that gear and like trying to play compassionately and like a human and it's fucking hard, bro. Like it's, it's hard. It's a human. It's hard. It's hard to human. We're just really <laughs> smart apes who know we're going to die. <laughs> Golly, yeah. We're barely making it by. We're just assuming we're doing everything right, yeah? yeah? Right, Diana? We're assuming that. Oh, crap. I need to start doing that stuff. Diana's doing perfect. She is. She's actually not. She has a little limpy leg to <sighs> And I can't find out if there's a thorn. I've been I've been looking. There might be a muscle, I think. Oh. And so I've been, yeah. She, she's doing better, though. She woke me up like three times last night. What weight is the dog? Is it a big, uh, medium, large, 60... small? Medium, big medium. She jump a lot? Uh, She used to jump a lot. And that, well, like, she jumped on my bed. She'll jump on me. Um, She jumped for snacks. But then... Ever since the she's been limping, she's just like she knows she's gonna hurt, so she starts whimpering. Oh, <laughs> keep an eye on oh, that. Yeah. It could be a torn ACL. Yeah, I'm watching <gasps> it. a bruised one. It. That's what happened to my dog. He, no. he ripped both of his back oh, legs. Oh my god, my wiener has been jumping over a fence we have in our backyard. That's like it's a garden fence, so it's like. It's just to deter them from going into the, like the human side. So they have like the dog side where it's like dog proof for their their outdoor activities. And then they have the human side which has like plants and stuff. But my dogs like to eat my flowers and so but we found out he just like hops over it like it's no big deal, but he's a wiener dog. So every time I see him hop, I'm like He's going to dislocate his his back. He's going to bump his hips because he's getting to that old <laughs> age of, I'm sure he's got a little, I had a vet tell me he had arthritis in his back. And I was like, please don't say those words. He is a baby. He is my baby. He is not almost 12 years old. He's not. So I always picture worst case. I have a dog with years, wheels. Yeah. I know. Mm. He's old. I mean, Technically not by dachshund standards because dachshunds live to be like 15, 18 years old because they're spiteful creatures. They got to stay alive to eat groundhogs. They have to. <laughs> Never know when they're going to attack. They could at any point. And then where would where would your, your flowers be at that point, you know? Oh my, I would have a, full, yeah, to have a full bouquet in my backyard. And what would I do with that? I'd have to trim them myself. No. Adrian, are you okay? Yeah, I'm just Diana's looking at me. So you, you just go. Oh. I was like, oh. we we became dogs. Me, you didn't see it. But my ears started pointing forward. I was like, What's going on? <laughs> so, uh, David, how are your projects going? Any fun projects in the pipeline? Anything that you're? Are you just fighting so for you can't talk about everybody? No NDAs. Rights. No NDAs. Uh, oh man, I haven't done anything where I have to send an NDA in a long time. I miss it. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm just not talking him, about it. Send David an NDA. Yeah, next time I have a project for you, David, I'll just send an NDA. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, one of them was I did a project for you, Adrian. It was pretty fun recently, a few months. Yes. Time doesn't make sense anymore. It might have been a while back. I'm not sure anymore. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I've got, I've put it in the stream. I just need to implement it better. And then also the update on the, uh, what's called? Assisting me in, in doing some editing stuff, which was very nice, and I was that's how I got the, the new trailer out, because otherwise it would sound a little clunky. But thanks to David's help, I was able to kind of fix it up. David's amazing. For. Yes. I don't like keeping all the stuff I've learned to myself. What's the point of that? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and I've worked with you, too, outside of this on, a, on another project, which has been pretty fun, which I think I'm going to work on another episode of something you're doing soon. When I hope I so. Tell. I'm not. That, look, I'm, that's not my job. I just show up and I perform and it's wild. It's weird. Which is why I, I was surprised when you said you start rambling and stuff. I was like, you sounded like you knew everything you were about to say in that thing. I did. <gasps> I've realized, so here's the thing, if you're ever doing a podcast or you're playing with other people, I don't describe my character very well. And I think that's, I like, I don't know what that is. I will uncover that later in a different therapy session. I do a really jo- like shitty job describing what my character looks like. I need at least three people to go before me. Why do you say that? I, <laughs> I do it every oh. single time. Because then people add in details of like, oh... They have this length hair and they're wearing these kinds of clothes. And for me and my brain, I'm like, that's not fucking important. Let's fucking go and do this job. Like, <laughs> let's go. My character has a face and eyes and a mouth. <laughs> Get the fuck on the ship. What's up? Let's what go. Do I'm a worm. <laughs> <laughs> we can conversate. That's all you need to know. Let's do it. I've got hair. Oh. There's, there's an outfit. I've got clothes on and that's it. Let's go. The best clothes you can think of. That's what I'm wearing. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Well, it's just a burlap sack. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like that, sh- that changed gameplay. Yeah. It changed gameplay for me this weekend, this week, this week. Days don't make sense. Yeah. Time's a, time's a It's going to be 2023 abyss. and I'm like, when the fuck Stop. did 2022 start? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I was about to say. We just went to the store <laughs> and they're, uh, they're unloading fall things at the Target. So. Halloween. Yeah. We're almost, we're almost there. Yay. Spooky. Yeah. Fuck the start of school and whatever else comes in between. Labor Day. Labor Day? Yeah. Turkey Day? September? I don't know. Anyways. Earth, Wind, and Fire Day? Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Do you remember? The 21st night? Of November? No, what? (laughs) September. (laughs) Stop. I'm done. I'll see myself out. Goodbye. Bye. Remember to tip your waitress. But no, that changed the way that I played. I thought about my character for like a hot minute of like, okay, if she's if she's wearing overalls, like what kind of person wears overalls as not a child? Somebody wants Farmers. to be comfortable and chop some wood. That's, that's the kind, See? right? But you you thought earthy. Hipsters. Hipsters, yeah. So if Does I have a hipster. Exist, that old genre of clothing? Yeah. The It's the black black overalls with a yellow meanie yeah. with a white shirt underneath i got a i got a little hipster so if she's got if she's a hipster then and okay we're gonna compost something then obviously i have like a fair trade <laughs> organic blend coffee bag on me and like that's just that makes sense with my character so you know going a little bit compostable further, toilet with you at every time small tiny yeah. house I oh, would, yeah. and like a little trowel or like one of those like pee rags that like hikers you <laughs> 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 I was drinking water. <laughs> Sorry. So reusable toilet paper. I was on that part of TikTok for a hot minute. I don't know why. Nothing about me. How like dare you try to kill me just now? I don't appreciate that. Come I'm on the show. Podcast. I wanted to feel okay. I'm gonna leave with some extra trauma. God. All for a P rag. You know. Oh my gosh! But yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. To answer your question about stuff I was wearing, I was like, what are we talking about? <laughs> um, P-Rags. It's and it hit P-rag. me. The P-Rag just like, it was that kind of thing where my eyes just opened up. I was like, oh, God. Okay, I remember. Yeah, we are actively planning more Dust City right now. Yeah. There's a couple of ideas. I've talked to a few people who like the world. and I'm new to, to tabletop stuff, but I'm talking with people who know a little bit more than I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's hap- that happens. I know we're planning other big things uh, that I don't want to say in case they don't happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, but one of the things that might happen that I've been talking to people uh, is uh, a little short story collection in the world. I really cool. love the old, uh, the, the, I always say this, horrible man, but I liked what he did. Uh, Lovecraft's, you open up a mythos and you let other writers kind of add to it. And I kind of, I kind of like, I kind of dig that kind of world building myself. So that's something, that's fun stuff I'm working on. Yeah. That I can talk about. Storyteller. Look at this man. You tell me when the next one, next First Friday comes it's out. It's on next I'll First Friday, Adrian. You just answered your own well, question. Well, with Dust, Dust City. Because I don't know if it's ready for the how next. Long, yeah, how long Dust is City that going to be How long is it gone? Is it gone? This particular one is gone. Oh. 
See, yeah. So the yeah. next one, Alex. <laughs> next one might not be till a little while. This it's gonna it's a little bit more involved if we do it. The insulation. Yeah. Because you were it at the be an... the casp, one of the casps, right? The mm -hmm. uh, studio something behind the thing. Behind right the icebox. By ice the box. post office. <laughs> yeah. No. Firehouse. I had a friend ask. Icebox. Firehouse. Was it a firehouse? See, this is the thing. I had a friend go and he called me and he's like, hey, I want to go see your thing. Where is it? And I'm like, where are you at? And he's like, I'm over here by this other place. And I'm like, oh, I don't think you're near there. And I was like, how do it's by the post office where the railroad tracks are at? And he, it, it really became that southern way of telling people how to get to stuff. You got to turn at the Walmart. You gotta, and there's another thing over here. <laughs> you're going to see the house of an, of an old woman who's going to wave hi to you. And you're going to keep going straight from there. <laughs> Howdy, would you like some pie? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's going to be a tractor. Up. It's going to have a weasel in it. You keep on going <laughs> right there. You're going to be great. Uh, yeah. So it. Yeah. It's. Uh, it was at a one of the cast like galleries. The three little building thing. Yeah, nice. and I think yeah. that was the last one of the last big showings that Sam got done. Who who did who pretty much facilitated all of this is doing there, and she's moving to another studio in the same place. So. Yeah. But there's there's ideas there. I think that I think that whole idea has legs, and I hope we can see it through. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that was gonna be my follow up question. How do you feel the like immersive arts scene would be in Lubbock? Based on what I've so I only I'm still big crowd phobia right now. Sure. So I don't go to a huge one. So I went at the end of stuff, but I still the people I did see going in and the stuff I've heard from other people who went to it. It kind of seems like we're starved here for it. <laughs> like people would dig this kind of stuff. Um, we just don't have enough of it. Uh, so Morax, yeah, I please. think. Yeah, I think. I mean, y'all both lived here, right? Y'all, mm -hmm. y'all yeah. know. Yeah. Did I ever? <laughs> Did we ever? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool stuff like that. Doesn't you know that particular thing hasn't doesn't really have a history here, you know? So. Everybody reads about all these other places that had this stuff, and I think everybody's got a little FOMO, so hell yeah. <laughs> I absolutely agree. I think, especially coming from Lubbock and then moving to somewhere like Dallas, it's every other weekend I can find something to do that's art or music or, you know, something entertainment-wise, where in Lubbock you have one weekend or one Friday that uh, I know that I'm going to do something artistic. Um, otherwise, I may be going to see a play or, you know, something at Texas Tech. But that always feels so removed from my me as a person. Like, I'm not at Tech. I don't want to, I don't want necessarily want to watch the children just go do shows. <laughs> That's right? the thing, right? Like, oh, I, I want to be Hello, fellow kids. I'm here to chill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, and that's. So again, I'm just going to keep, because she's awesome. Sam Gaetan has been, there's a lot of stuff now. And I think she's inspired a lot of stuff. It's a lot different here. <gasps> so exciting. Uh, since everybody got out and about again, mm -hmm. which has been exciting. And it's exciting that I was able to be a little bit part of it. It's cool. It didn't look very cool. Because I'm, like... I'm a fucking introverted, I hate people, you know? <laughs> just... Yeah, it happens. I you know? hate the capital P people. Like, I like Oh yeah, I love I like individuals. Persons. Yeah. But, I hate I hate I hate the 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 amorphous blob that is people. Yeah, we the people is not my favorite. But it's like I have to watch. I'll see you. I'm I'm gonna be over here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's it's been fun, and I think I think there's room for a lot of growth here. Everybody I see talks about Lubbock, like we're a little tiny city, and we're we're not. We haven't been for a while. Oh um, yeah, you want to talk about a little tiny city? Oh yeah. <laughs> How many people live there? Seventeen. Maybe I think it's like two K, but then we also have the other one, little other one, Marfa, and then little other one, Marathon. We're little three little tiny cities. You oh. got your own little Dallas Metroplex there. You got a bunch of little cities next to each other. <laughs> with with mountains. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I get it. Lubbock, they're like Lubbock, <laughs> that little thing. No more like miscounted. We have like in the county now like three hundred thousand plus people now. Mm -hmm. And that's wild because you such, I guess, such monumental things. So like excluding all I mean, the, the white contribution to rock and roll, 
came from Lubbock, right? Buddy Holly came from Lubbock. So there's, there's a big, I don't like a, a magic to Lubbock that I think gets overlooked with the arts. Yeah. It's uh you grow up in a place where things feel more oppressive. You tend to rebel a little bit more. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and now that we've gotten bigger, it's, there's a huger supply of the people who would have been oppressed in the past who are like ready to just do some shit. So it's fun. It's, it's a, it's a weird time. It's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm glad to be part of all this thing that's happening. It's exciting. Fuck the system, man. Oh, yeah. We're here for that. Hell, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I loved how, like, boomers were just like, I hate it. I loved your music until you got political. Rage Against the Machine. You're like, you weren't listening. <laughs> My question is Bruce Springsteen. Like, at what point did you look at Bruce Springsteen and you were like, ah, you are one of my people and not like, like you're frustrated with the United States. Like that's not. It's like the same like anomaly of when uh pumped up kid kicks what was going on. And my mom was like, I love that song. It sounds so cool. I'm like, they're talking about a shooting mom. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, is that whole that it ain't me. It ain't me. Right. I ain't no. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's about, that's about being with the system and like, what's <laughs> <laughs> oh i ain't a senator's son guy <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah. yeah all right last thoughts is fuck the system uh <laughs> assign copy some local movements god damn it that's the whole of the this city was about which is oh, the more yeah. important things that i didn't talk about yeah it was really about uh like there was a little book we had that said scan this book, which was a play on that, and it's still this book from back in the day, and it had a little QR code in the back that led you to a bunch of reports that people have done about things in Lubbock that could be better. And one of the other things took you to places you could, you know, volunteer, and we're kind of kind of try to keep that alive in whatever sense we keep Dust City alive. Uh, it, it is very much Dust City is very much a bad future that is preventable. It's also to the nth degree, so we're probably going to get that bad. But the the realistic stuff there, like it's it, I like sci-fi that does that. It's a it's a social commentary. And just kind of said it doesn't have to get this bad. Like, mm-hmm. just no. just yeah. just don't let it. It's pretty much don't. I mean, and that's a really interesting and clever way of getting people involved in what is happening now, and like cleverly put in. Like I that I'm obsessed with that. Like putting little QR codes or links to things that can be help and fix right now. Because yeah. mm-hmm. everything can, you can do something. Yeah, I mean, little tiny fixes don't do anything, but a bunch of fucking little tiny fixes happen at the same time. Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's kind of something that kind of grew from me being in this pandemic of just like feeling this helplessness. And, and you know, in, in all honesty, like I look at what I've been doing, I'm like, you're not really doing too much, so why not put your money where your mouth is, essentially. I mean, I know I'm in the, this, you know, social work, but it feels like I can't do anything. You know, there's a lot of things restricting me from like doing, trying to help in a better capacity because we, like, we ran out of funding, and we don't get more funding until September, so we can't help some people until, and that don't have insurance at this point. We like we can do our normal services, but we can't do send people to hospital, and and, and it's just like. Uh, there's like some people I'm like, you you need it, and I can't do anything about it, and you know that just feels like shit, dude. That's one of the hardest thing about doing any of this type of work, whether you're doing it professionally or whether you're doing it on the side, like I am. It's just because I've talked to people on every side, and it's just yeah, you know, capitalist hell is what we're at. But that's pretty much <laughs> what you need to do the stuff. Sometimes you need the money, and it's not coming in. You're like, well, fuck, <laughs> what the hell. Uh, so yeah, it's it's interesting how how normal a lot of the stuff that people used to see is like that's an outlier, you know, is now when you talk to like us, what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. People, if you just say this to random people on the street, they're gonna know what the fuck we're talking about now, which is wild <laughs> to me. It's not just like oh, only professionals are gonna talk about this. Only these people who are like super, like everybody kind of knows this kind of feeling now, which is. Interesting, and again, just like Love It Grown, this in and of itself has a lot of opportunity to make some real change and to re- really grow into something if it's done the right way, which was what Dust City was about, is trying to 
you bring people in with some fun and you let them go with like what's what was this about what is this doing can i do this stuff yeah that, and that that's the great part of fiction that's the great part of D D too you know i think uh from what i've seen i'm, I'm still new to it but i've watched a lot of things <laughs> <laughs> Is that you could talk Hell to yeah. real things? Bring it back. <laughs> Bring it back. Hey, that's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a good interview. See. <laughs> awesome, dude. I-, I loved, you know, when you said scan this book. That's so cool. I don't know. I just like that that play on it. So cool. I don't know why. Gives me the brain fuzzies. <laughs> it does. It tickles. It it for sure like tickles my brain into thinking like where can I stick information in obvious places that could garner attention if done just just right. Like or what ways can we creatively get information to people? Yeah, and I'm a big proponent of pop culture. Is how most people get their information now, for better or worse. You know, is that not what South Park is absolutely defined? On? Is that not <laughs> why those the uh, yeah. why Trey and and Matt are just absolutely bazillionaires? They've become the problem now. <laughs> <laughs> we just watched the pandemic episode, the like longer. I don't know. It's a forty. I think it's a forty-five minute episode. And it was the episode that they're trying to get vaccines out to the teachers, and Mr. Garrison comes back to South Park after. Being the president, I missed a lot. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's a whole it's thing, bizarre. right? So yeah, <laughs> Mr. Garrison went from being a mirror of Caitlyn Jenner, then to being Donald Trump, and then detransitioned and became back into like the teacher role in South Park. But everyone hates him, or a lot of people don't. But then it's like a QAnon in the episode as well. It's absolutely bonkers. But especially as a teacher in the pandemic a lot of the stuff that was happening i was like oh oh that's not funny because because it's 100 percent true <laughs> like oh. just teachers not getting vaccines and it's only like the old people and just it's a wild episode and then i had to think about all of the other episodes of of south park that really seemed like they were just farce and comedy and ridiculous and stupid and you know You've got Mr. Hankey, who you could, on the surface level, just ignore and say, oh, that show is for, like, weird children or weird grown-ups. Yes, me. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, the truth and accuracy is too much. I mean, mean, not to go on another tangent when I think you're trying to bring it to an end, Adrian. (laughs) Nope. So, uh, I also watched, I liked a lot of the adult animation that's coming out recently because it's the same thing. You know, I just barely finished watching Final Space, which had a lot of what it is to deal with the adult and like how time and death and things are eldritch beings in and of themselves. And you're like, oh, crap. Yeah. Oh, my That's God. The they feels. can become overwhelming. <laughs> you know? Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think pop culture is I mean, it's the stories we used to tell each other, like the people thousands of years ago used to tell them with the gods and everything else, all these morality tales. We do it now through pop culture for better or worse i mean you know yeah mm-hmm. seth mcfarlane is another good one who does that especially with like the orville right now on hulu yeah um, i've heard that changed a little bit and became a little bit more uh, uh they came out the first season they the, the season right now they got that hulu budget oh, oh that Disney money. <laughs> and he didn't pull those punches at all oh you have a child who wants to transition their gender Oh, but this child is now seen as political. Well, fuck you. We'll figure out how to do it because we're not going to let this child live in anxiety or angst or any kind of negative emotion because they deserve to live their life. I kind of like when I growing up, I know there's a lot of stuff that had that very, they tried to do that kind of stuff, but did it in such a way that it could still be interpreted the other way. It's right, right in that line. And now people are really just going like, no, fuck the line. Like, yeah. you know, this is what we're trying to say here. Yeah. And I kind of like that a lot more. Like I said, going back again, Dust City was very much in your face. Like we did a whole eviction notice that was just about how the government doesn't give a shit about you. Mm. That you could mm. read there. Oof. It was. We got into it. Like the world building was. Uh, it was there. We tried. <laughs> we got into it. Did you guys have conversations about that before you? Like, how did that come uh, about? Yeah, we. So I laid it all out. 
and I said, does this sound cool to everybody? And uh, one of the artists, Ray, was like, I'm, yeah, I'm just, we can build cool shit with this. <laughs> it always came back to, like, this, this part of the story. Oh, Ray's awesome. Ray's uh, like a like, 100% good guy. Yeah, Ray's great, and, like, half of the stuff we built would not have been there if it wasn't for him. And him, his, him willing to, like, collaborate and really, that was the biggest thing about this. The, the collaboration we did was just great. And Sam, I mean, if anybody who knows Sam, she's down for all this. This is, this is her. <laughs> Uh, she created the main character that we were uh, that was the room was of who's an activist and she like did play she like wrote a diary which I think got thrown to the side so I don't know how many people actually read it. Uh, kind of we were kind of sad when we found it like oh no, but yeah. So it was stuff that to one degree or another we all kind of agreed with and everybody was down with the activist part which I was really happy about because I was like we can do this without this, it just wouldn't be as cool. But yeah, so. If you find collaborators that believe in the same kind of vision you have, that's always. I mean, goes again, because I'm a good interviewee. That's D and D, right? <laughs> good this is a man. Hell yeah. Uh, oh, I will take my tips later, guys. <laughs> you want more premium guests? Patreon. Hundred <laughs> percent uncut premium guests. Will we talk about all the pol- the po- politics? The politics. The politics. All of the Blue. politics. Do we just need a regular one or one? <laughs> do you want me to do one? Yeah. So yeah, do you yeah. do one? You do just makeshift one right now. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll catch you next time uh, on Dungeons and Degrees. Until then, stay rad. It's the hand motion for me, though. You gotta, I thought you were gonna, the, I voice like, actors so always close. say you have to get into what you're saying for it to freaking mean something. Like, hmm. It like it like slowly came to you as it popped through the screen. Stay rad. Stay rad. Yeah, it's I was like, like loading, gonna, what's my sign out here? I thought you were gonna do a Nardwar outro and stay rocking in the free world. Oh fuck! Yeah, I should have done that. Stay rocking in the free world. Edit that. There we go. <laughs> and do 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 do